My name's Dr. Niles Calder. Please nod your head if you can understand me. So where is this place? My home. A safe place for you, others like you, to heal. Cliff Steele, Larry Trainer. I thought he might help you with your recovery. What's your story? I can't control this thing inside of me. I flew airplanes. Hold on, there's something up here. You promised things would change after we moved here. You said there'd be no more late night beers with the guys. I'm really scared, Cheryl. Used to do this. Crash and die, babe. I love you too, honey. Around and around. That's it? I don't know what happened to us. I don't know if you even care how sorry I am. No! Seeing your daughter, that's good. Just the inspiration you need. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing Doom Patrol pilot episode, season one, episode one. After a severe accident, Cliff Steele wakes up a changed man in the house of Dr. Niles Codler in his Doom Patrol. So, we have another comic book television show we're covering for you. Um, quite honestly, don't know if we're going to do an episode by episode. However, I do have opinions on the first episode. So, first, this episode is directed by Glenn Winter. Glenn Winter is best known for being a cinematographer, producer, and a director. He has directed first episode of Doom Patrol, Arrow, one episode on Titans, Deception, Supergirl, Blind Spot. The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Smallville. So we we get to see where he's gotten his uh, his upbringings. It looks like Smallville was one of his first shows that he was um, directing. Um, so he's had his hands in some comic book material for a while. I think we clearly get to see this has some some. Pretty damn good direction in this first episode. I, I'm going to say that straight off the bat. I think, you know, most of the technicals of this first episode were done really well. I think the storytelling was exceptional. I think the acting from uh, Brendan Fraser, Alan Tudyk, um, April Balby, and what was his name? Matt Boomer. All these individuals were really given, I think, their all, including Timothy Dalton as well as uh, Dr. Niles Codler. Um, these individuals were really selling the characters they were giving. And I think that Doom Patrol as a television show, as a, as, as a pilot series, as an introduction, wow, it, 
it's hella good. I'll give it that. It, it, it's pretty damn good. Um, all of those factor into, you know, having great acting, great writing, great cinematography, great direction. Everyone, everything's hitting on all cylinders. Um, I'd say I'd give this a 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, somewhere in between there for uh, pilot episodes. Uh, this does a stellar job at giving you insight to all of the main characters. It sets up a second episode that makes you want to follow up, absolutely. Um, the effects, I think, probably, they're, they're not bad. They're just, um, you, you can tell that there's a decent budget behind the majority of it, but occasionally some of the effects um, are just noticeably effects. Um, generally, practical effects are, are my favorite effects because, you know, you can tell they're real. They put some real time into them. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought the storytelling in this, there was mic drops almost every 20 minutes, and I was like, sheet, every time. So, I mean, I was... I was blown away. Um, I'm sort of trying to dance around this non-spoiler, so for anyone that was really interested in checking out Doom Patrol, I want you to go check that out now. Um, otherwise, we can jump into spoilers and talk about the actual plot of what happened. Um, I think saying, you know, saying all of this should, you know... We, we've got Brendan Fraser back. I, I mean, when's the last time we've actually seen this guy do anything? Last thing I, I remember seeing Brendan Fraser in was like a, the journey to the center of the whatever. I think it was the, the earth or the, the, the volcano or something. Um, yeah, so it's been a while since we've seen Brendan Fraser. It's, uh, I mean, anyone that hasn't seen, I think it was called White Collar, hasn't seen um, Matt Boomer in a while. So we, we have, we've got some, uh, and Alan Tudyk, I mean, we get, we get, Everybody that we haven't gotten in a long time um, on on screen, but with a caveat, and I'll explain that in the spoiler section. So, for having all of these, um, having all these massive movie stars and television stars all in one series, uh, that there comes constraints. And so, let's uh, discuss this show a little bit more in spoilers. So, by now. I expect you to have seen Doom Patrol. Um, I'll explain why I think this television show is going to work and what makes this first episode uh, an effective episode. Let me get my shit here and get my damn drink. Oh, gotta get my drink. Ah, refreshing. So, this first episode starts off in like 19, I don't know, 50-something with, uh, I think it was like, actually it's probably 1940-something, with Alan Tudyk's character, Eric Morton, going to find some Nazi to be tested on. And he ends up becoming tested on, and we find out by the end of this episode, he becomes some sort of uh, movable figure or some sort of shifting entity and he still has a face but he's kind of like fucked up but and it looks like he's created some sort of big black hole in the middle of the earth i i don't know why they're starting off so big with this thing i don't know why he's evil um eric morden eric morden's probably my biggest complaint about this episode as mr nobody um i just 
didn't really quite understand what, what the beginning was. I did enjoy how they decided to choose Paraguay out of all of the Latin countries. I was just like, okay, so um, this is a excellent place to put it because it's not like Brazil. It's like we're we're Paraguay, and uh, I'm I'm glad we got to use Paraguay because uh, I was actually adopted from Paraguay. So I was like, oh shit! So you never get to see Paraguay on screen. So I was like, okay, we you know. It seems like they wanted to uh, put it in a place that wasn't quite as noticeable as some place like Brazil, because Brazil is such a massive uh, location. So, anyways, I was that my only problem was Alan Tudyk's uh, Eric Morton's character not understanding the motivation of why he wanted to become this sort of bad entity, and he wanted to pay twice of whatever he could have. Um, I. I really liked the um, Brendan Fraser character, Cliff Steele, um, intro. I loved how it was conceptualized through him being a shitty father, showing all of, you know, having this narration come over and say, you know, there's there's an ass in the room or something like that, and this camera's coming in, and it's it's showing all these different things. Like, not that ass. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, what the fuck? Uh, it's kind of got this... This show has, like, this meta fourth wall-breaking narrative or, you know, this script that's almost got uh, definitely some Deadpool keynotes is what it feels like, but it's not too overbearing. Um the, the, the characters aren't actually discussing that they're in a television show or anything like that. You know? um, let's see. I thought it was just it was it was explained really well how the Brendan Fraser character as Cliff Steele. I mean, we are led to believe that he is turned into Robo Man because he got in a in a wreck in a. a playing or uh, driving in NASCAR, professional racing. So uh, that ends up being a red herring, and he actually lived and uh, ends up getting in another wreck where we're led to believe that he lost his entire family. And then he goes into like a straight-up depression for, I don't know, 20 years or something like that, and... Was it twenty years? Yeah, it was about. It was like it felt like twenty years or something. It was maybe over twenty years, and they finally dropped the ball that he might have his daughter still alive through the character of Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane, which I'm not. Cr- I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about Crazy Jane. Uh, I'm just. It's not her portrayal, so to speak. It's. I'm not really understanding where she's coming from. She kind of was tacked on at the very end. And we got backstories for all the other characters. Um, we got, you know, the the, the slug lady, uh, Elastigirl, whatever the hell her name is, um, you know, as Rita Farr. And uh, we got Larry Trainer as Negative Man. I mean, we see how these people are conceptualized on television. Or not, sorry, we see how they're, uh, we see their backstories. And we understand where they came from. We see that April Balby as Rita Farr wanted to be, you know, the next Marilyn Monroe, so to speak, or something like that by that whatever day date it was. I, she wanted to be, you know, 
famous and good looking, but she ends up becoming hideous and um, falling through the, I don't know, the swamp area, wherever the hell they were shooting that movie. And she gets like infected with that uh, entity or something while she's in the river. And Matt Boomer as Larry Trainer, I was wondering if they were going to use um, his sexuality in this at all, and they actually do. And they kind of try to use it as like a, um, like, like a mic drop kind of minute. It's like, oh, but wait a second, he was gay. It's like, okay, so they're using his his weakness, quote unquote, weakness. You know, he. They said he was. He thought he was a monster before. Uh, before he actually became a monster, it's like, come on. I, I, I don't know why that line bothered me specifically. Like, he thought he was a monster. I don't, I don't know about that. But um, I'm, he was just like a closeted gay man, and he happened to have a family in the 50s. And so it, I don't know if he thought he was a monster. And it felt a little bit on the nose when we were kind of flashing back in between him being a gay man, them showing him being a gay man, and, like, the fact that he wanted to hold his shirt out, like, come out, it sort of like, it almost felt like, and he didn't want to be, you know, focused on in the restaurant as if, you know, if you felt like you're being stared at, if you're being singled out, everybody in the restaurant's looking at you, kind of like how he was wearing, he looked like a fucking mummy in the in the restaurant, it's like, no shit, it's, uh, it was a little on the nose, but I did enjoy what they what what they were doing with it. Um, Brendan Fraser's character just becomes so much more integrated as the proxy for the audience. All the other characters do feel very sidelined as um, as supporting characters because I mean. When Brendan Fraser is, you, you feel his emotion when he's going through. You you see flashbacks. You you actually are engaging with him, um, in his first person POV. I mean, from the second that um, Timothy Dalton's character, Dal- uh, Doctor Niles Kotler, turns on Brendan Fraser's, um, uh, turns on the robot man mask. I mean, he he turns him on and. We're sitting there for, I don't know, maybe two two to three minutes with him just shaking his head left, right, focusing on, figuring out what's going on. And as soon as he looks at his uh, – as soon as um, Rita Farr shows him his face, um, they just shut him off as soon as he freaks out. And it's like that is that was like so frustrating. I mean um, – just imagine being in that position. The only thing you can't feel anything, but you can uh, observe that you're alive and you possibly have been out of touch for ten years. I mean, there's just really relatable things that could happen in that scenario. And when they're turning him off when he freaks out, it's very similar to how if a patient was freaking out after waking up from a coma or something like that, and then them getting sedated with something. I'm sure it's not that fast, but uh, like that's that's sort of what I was comparing it to, and it it was a struggle, like feeling like you were Brendan Fraser's character when he was just 
moving his foot up like half an inch and then hitting the very top of the stair, not able to get over it for, I don't know, it was like, and it was like, Lanta, that would get just, uh, it, it became not so much a story about a comic book uh, hero or something, you know, a comic book. It didn't become so much about comic books. It became more about rehab and it became about, uh, you know, the, you know, the story of seeing somebody, you know, the underdog come back. And as we're watching this whole episode, his life is unfolding before his eyes and and before our eyes too, because we we think that we got the whole thing figured out. Oh, his family's dead. Oh, his wife's this. Oh, his wife's that. It's it's it, it wasn't all that easy. And uh, basically, I was I I was blown away by the storytelling. All all revolving, um, Mister Mister Fraser, Mister Cliff Steele. Uh, also. With having Alan Tujic, Matt Boomer, and Brendan Fraser, these are big fucking names to have on the screen all the time. Expensive names. How do they do it? You give them superhero masks. That way they don't actually have to be there the entire time. So I guess similar to the Iron Man effect, except we do get to see Tony Stark's face and and stuff like that. But like once Brendan Fraser becomes Robot Man... And Matt Boomer becomes Negative Man. It's not like we're going to see their faces ever again, unless they're in flashback form, and so or or if they're like reimagined or something. I I don't know. So generally, I don't think that these people are going to be on screen as much as we probably like because I liked I liked Brendan Fraser's performance. I liked I like seeing their faces and. Having someone wrapped in a mask, uh, in a mummy mask, and a robot mask, all the time, is is going to be a little bit tolling. I can I can see that already. And I don't know if he takes, I like the thing is I know Brendan Fraser is not actually under that mask, and so that's the only thing that just takes me out of it, just a tad bit. Um, but hearing his voice, I guess, is going to have to work and do enough. So. Eh, let me see. It's not like Cliff Steele or Larry Trainer or Eric. Well, Rita Rita Farr was kind of kind of an asshole. She said she couldn't work with a person without an arm focusing the camera or something. It was it was weird. Um, Larry Trainer was just cheating on his wife with another man, so I wouldn't say that he was quite a monster and he deserved to you know go down in flames like the way he did but um brendan fraser was the only one that just didn't seem like he was that great of a guy he's you know the he's the guy that's living on top and he's trying to he's doing all the drugs having all the sex drinking all the booze and then he loses it all in one accident or something like that and i that that story is the most relatable and in a way Crazy Jane, we have no fucking idea what what her deal is besides the fact she has sixty four different personalities, and they they seem to have the uh, the Jack Jack effect on Incredibles two. It's like or Incredibles Incredibles one or two. It doesn't really matter, but the Jack Jack effect. She can turn pretty much any power she needs at any time on, and it seems that she also doesn't have 
control of each emotion. So she's just going to be cycling through powers throughout these next 13 episodes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I didn't mind Diane Guerrero and uh, Orange is the New Black. It's just something about her, um, I don't know, the lack of understanding who she is is really, I don't know, it's it's a little bit tolling. So let's see if any there's anything else we need to cover while we are on the subject. Hmm. Oh well, I mean, there's a there's a whole second half that I, I guess I really didn't talk about them going into town and fucking shit up. I just I was like, everyone knows this. Everyone has seen this plot. Uh, you know, they're all gonna go into town, the the misfit gang, and they're all gonna fuck shit up on accident. You know, it's gonna go well, and then it's gonna fuck shit up slowly. It turns out that uh, Elastigirl just goes full on blob mode and um, rolls out of the. Uh, Restaurant, and I thought the blob didn't exactly hold up that great. I could just it just looked like CGI, but um, I guess it was good for television for right now. I don't know why Robot Man didn't move the entire bus instead of you know, it felt like it would make more sense to move an entire bus full of kids just two or three inches for them all to get out than to put your hands into pavement and move the entire street. Or like half a street up a block, um, it 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 was one of those effects where there wouldn't have been a problem if you wouldn't have been there, but you were also there to fix the problem, so it was kind of like a circular, circular life kind of thing. So I was just like, "All right, well, if you want to fight crime, quit quit causing crime," you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. Apparently, Dr. Niles Kotler was recast in between the Titans show on episode five, four, sorry. Titans has like a soft opening for the Doom Patrol, and it introduces all these characters, but we don't get to see any of their backstories. Um, and Dr. Niles Kotler on Titans was a different character. And I kind of remember him being bad. I don't remember why. I don't. I need to go back and look. Um but yeah, I do remember Doom Patrol on Titans, and that was a that was a good soft opening to them, and this is a good hard opening to to the show. I hear a couple of podcasters saying they prefer the pilot uh, of Doom Patrol to the pilot of the Umbrella Academy, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that at all. I think that's they're both got their emotional beats. They both have their strong points and occasional weak points. The one thing about Doom Patrol that is hinging against it is obviously the fact that it's not being able to be binged all in, you know, a couple of days as opposed to the Umbrella Academy. So, anything else we need to uh, cover? He, <laughs> uh... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Laugh. Let's see. Robot man. Yeah, it, there's already two two other uh, individuals that are credited with being robot man and negative man in addition to Matt Boomer and Brendan Fraser. So the other person that's in the robot man costume is Riley Shanahan and Matthew Zook is another negative man. 
I guess the these are just the doubles that go in for whenever Brendan Fraser and Matt Boomer are just given the voices. So that's one thing. I'm I'm curious to see how much of these characters are actually going to be in it. I'm not crazy about the very end it leaving on such a high note, and I didn't understand about the jackass ripping ass and giving us like life advice. It was like you know the you know the mind is the limit or something like that you know you're as far as you can think or something it was some like obscure thing and i was like what the buck is going on and uh we did see that donkey a little bit earlier in the episode through dr cutler's um perspective and then he disappears so maybe it has something to do with the bad guy maybe it has something to do with the good guys i i don't know it was so obscure and it didn't mean anything and it was just a. it was honestly another one it it was a crazy episode i'd say the editing was some of the best the way that it flawlessly was shifting us into certain character storylines and then bringing us back to the main storyline and then bringing us to a new storyline and then bringing us back. I mean, I thought it, I I thought it was a, it was almost a perfect pilot for introducing a full team. uh, And which is something the umbrella Academy did not do. They introduced the world and a lot of plot, but they didn't introduce the characters and motivations and who they feel, uh, you know, who or why they are. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to continue to watch Doom Patrol. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to release the schedule, um, the podcast schedule. Just check the show notes for the episode list or stay subscribed to find out the next episodes uh, we podcast. I'm not sure if we're going to do two, three, four, five, or, you know, if we're going to, you know, bunch them together and do like a two through five or, you know, or a two through four kind of thing because sometimes that's a little bit easier to do and it's easier to cover that you know that story um so all right everyone check out the rest of the lucky dog podcast library um you can check out whatever library you're looking at right now if you're on apple itunes or um, google play or soundcloud or whatever podcast you you know app you're listening to we have the umbrella the umbrella academy on netflix We have Minding the Gap, 2018. We have Abducted in Plain Sight. That was a crazy documentary. Oh, my geez. Um, Escape at Dannemora on Showtime. Conversations with a Ted Bundy survivor. That was an incredible story. Vice, 2018. The Favorite, 2018. Happy on Sci-Fi Network. I I think that's also available on Netflix right now. Daredevil on Netflix, Roma 2018, Bird Box 2018. Check that out. All on Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. If you need any comments, questions, concerns, ratings, whatever, you know, the good stuff. All right. Thank you for listening. Take it easy. Morton. I haven't been Mr. Morton since. Ah! No! Help me! The moment's the moment! I'm nobody. I've been admiring those freaks of yours for quite some time. Are we really the best people to hunt a supervillain? Hell no.
<laughs> You're all at my mercy. This isn't real. No matter how hard I hit, where I hit, what I hit, I can't feel pain. You're as afraid as the rest of us. You're kidding me! This is what the world looks like when we try to live in it. We don't have to get involved. Especially if we make things worse. I want to go home. We can do that. I don't even know what to hope for. I'm powerless. I have no clue how to fix this. Hey, Dad. This mission you're on is your mission. Every criminal we bust, every person we save, is us. Chief said his enemies were coming for him. Don't worry. We got this. Now comes their reckoning. What do you want from me? Yes, I am ready, Father. Holy. 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 I got the point. Don't you dare hurt them. They are quite doomed. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRauschMedia.com. Whether you need photography, videography, drone photography, web design, podcast support, or technical support, EliasRauschMedia.com has you covered.